0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Are you caring for an aging parent? Are you searching for answers? Welcome to Senior Care Live, a program dedicated to you, providing information, education, and resources, helping you become the best caregiver you can be. I'm your host, Steve Kieker. hello and welcome to senior care live where our mission is to provide you the information education and resources that can truly help you when caring for an elderly loved one we provide you the facts and only the facts in a very educational way there's simply no other program like this one and I am so proud of senior care live and thanks for joining me here today I'm Steve Keeker president of senior care consulting I just really appreciate you taking part of your day to tune in to to this program, And as always, if you have questions about Senior Care Live, how we can help you and your family, if you have questions about the program, you want to request uh, that I do a presentation for your group, you have any questions at all, here's the phone number. Write it down. 1-800-331-6445. Again, one 800 331 Six four four five, And don't forget to visit online at SeniorCareLive, L-I-V-E, L-I-V, SeniorCareLive.com. If you do visit online, be sure to connect with us socially through Facebook and Twitter. Uh, we do uh, communicate quite a bit through uh, social media. That's just the day and times that we live in. So uh, be sure to connect and you won't miss a thing. All right. I cannot believe December is already half over. That is just ridiculous. <laughs> so, and, and then next week, I mean, you know, we're going to be on here on Christmas Eve and that's, uh, wow. Th- this is just the best time of year for me. I absolutely love Thanksgiving and Christmas and, and New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. It's just fantastic. So, uh, anyway, um, I guess that has nothing to do with the program other than holy cow, this year has just evaporated, and this month is too so today i'm going to review uh, how to pay for senior care and that this is a lot of information. this is just an information download so there's a there's a ton of information. Hang on to your hat, and here we go uh so let's talk about the costs and then uh and then you know, how we're we going to pay for all this stuff so Home care cost about 20 to 24 dollars an hour in our area. Private duty nursing 25 to 75 dollars an hour. Independent living 2500 to about 4000 dollars a month is right down the middle. Residential care is 2500 to 4500 dollars a month right down the middle. Assisted living has increased quite a bit over the last uh, 12 months. Five thousand to six thousand dollars a month is right down the middle. You could go a little less or a little more on all of these, but that's that's the average home plus costs six thousand to seventy five hundred and of course, nursing homes are six thousand dollars a month on average for a semi private room seventy five hundred to ten thousand dollars a month for a private room and remember. You know, some of these options are private pay only. Long-term care insurance will not pay for some of these options. Medicare doesn't pay for any of these options. Okay. And Medicaid only pays for some of them. So again, hang on to your hat. Here we go. The primary ways to pay for senior care. This would include private pay. This is when you're writing a check. You're paying for it privately. You're just, this is cash out of pocket. All right, long-term care insurance is a special type of insurance that pays for senior care. It is not health care insurance, and it will help pay for some of this, uh, some of the care, VA aid and attendance benefit for veterans to help veterans pay for the high cost of senior care. And then Medicaid pays for primarily for the purpose of this discussion, will pay for your stay at a nursing home if you should outlive your assets. So let's break it down. Let's talk about long-term care insurance. I haven't talked about some of this stuff for a long time, so I think this is a good review, and it's timely because you're coming into the peak demand for all senior care. So I, I I think it's good timing. So first of all, what is long-term care insurance? Well, it's a special type of insurance that pays very specifically for long-term care. And this would include home care, adult daycare, assisted living, and nursing home costs. So do not make the mistake of thinking that Medicare coverage is going to pay for your long-term care because it, just, it simply does not. All right, so I received a call from a lady not too long ago wanting to know how much her Medicare plan would pay for her assisted living cost in her assisted living apartment. And, of course, I had to be the bearer of bad news saying it doesn't pay a penny for assisted living. Uh So, and, and you know, it doesn't pay for your home care, your adult daycare, or long-term stay in a nursing home. However, long-term care insurance does and here are the basics that you should understand when uh, considering purchasing long-term care insurance and and first of all guess what i don't think this insurance is optional anymore it's it just isn't and and there are a lot of reasons that i say that Uh, i just don't think it's an option anymore so the best time to purchase long-term care insurance is around the age of 55 i think that's kind of the sweet spot You could go plus or minus five years, 50 to 60. I think that's the optimal time to buy it. Now, there are a lot of experts out there uh, and they may, uh, you know, they may disagree with that. Now, my, my old friend Dave Ramsey, I love Dave Ramsey. Uh, he says you buy it on your 60th birthday and not a day before. And he has a lot of statistics that would back that up. Uh, Here's why I would uh, disagree with Dave uh, respectfully a little bit. Here is that you have to qualify with good health, and the older you get, uh, the more likely it will be that you may, and you may not, but you may develop a health situation or issue that would disqualify you from purchasing long-term care insurance. So personally, I would buy it a little earlier in that, about 55 uh, to me, and a lot of other uh, experts in the industry seems to be kind of the sweet spot. Versus the cost of your premiums relative to the uh, you know the opportunity to use that, and seventy percent of all of us will use long-term care, require long-term care, and pay for long-term care sometime in our lifetime. So the odds are pretty high you're going to need it. Now the elimination period. So who who made that up? The elimination period. That's silly. It's your deductible. Right. But in the contract and in the lingo, it is going to say an elimination period of typically I see 90 days. You could see zero, 30 or 60 or 90. I've seen 180 days. What that is, that's your deductible. That's the number of days you will pay for your long term care before this policy will begin reimbursing you for your cost of long term care. So if you have an elimination period of 90 days, then what that means is you will be paying that $6,000 a month for the next 90 days, and then your long-term care insurance will kick in. It's just that simple. So it's like any other deductible. The lower the deductible, the less out-of-pocket you have to spend, the higher the premium. So if you have a zero elimination period or 30-day elimination period, your premiums are going to be a little bit higher. So sometimes you have to kind of do some math and just figure out which one of these makes sense for you. Um, number three, I always recommend a daily benefit of $200 a day. And if you can afford more than that, then get it, okay? But $200 a day will pay for the highest level of care, which is at the nursing home, which, remember, about 6000 a month. So that will pay your $200 a day nursing home cost, and that's why I recommend that. If you can afford more, more is always better. And I always recommend, always, always, and forever recommend buying the Inflation Protection Rider. And what that means is your coverage, that $200 a day, will increase by 5% per year. And that way, your policy will keep up with the ever-increasing costs of senior care. So in, in our uh, example here in our uh, uh, area, the Kansas City extended metro area, facility costs are increasing by three to five percent per year. Now home care is like uber competitive. So it's not moving much. I'm seeing it move a little bit. Okay. But it's been stuck on about $20, $21 for quite a long time. It's starting to inch up a little bit, but at the, at the facility level, you can just count on it three to five percent every year. So that way you're keeping up with it. I met uh, some some uh, a couple. They were very excited. Here's here's why you want that. Uh, a long time ago, they had they bought a long term care insurance policy that paid a hundred dollars a day. That's three thousand a month. And when they bought it, that was great, great coverage, great protection. So fast forward about twenty some years, and her husband needed a nursing home. They were excited they had the long term care insurance coverage, only to find out. It only pays $3,000. It did not have the inflation rider on it. The cost of his nursing home was 6,000, which means they they would have had to fund $3,000 a month. Well, guess what? They didn't have the extra money or assets to back that up and pay the 3 grand. So he instantly had to qualify for Medicaid, and effectively they paid 20 some years of premiums with no return. That is not the intended outcome that they wanted. So you have to get the writer. Okay, trust me on that one. And then I recommend a term, a payment term of uh, at least five years because the average length of stay in assisted living is 2.4 years. 59% of assisted living residents will have to increase to the nursing home level of care where the average length of stay is 2.4 years. It's They're actually within days of each other. So there is your five-year term. Okay, so you've covered all of the averages. You also want to make sure that your plan is a state partnership qualified plan. I'm not going to explain that today, but, uh, but make sure and, and talk with your insurance agent on that. You want a state partnership qualified plan and uh, be sure to work with a reputable long-term care insurance agent who is experienced and make sure they know what they're talking about. Okay, so hopefully that helped you out. We're going to cover a whole lot more about how to pay for senior care, but first, as always, the Senior Care Live Question of the Week, this one's actually a statement of true false. So. Home care providers must be clinically licensed in the state of Kansas or Missouri to care for individuals in their home. Is this statement true or false? The answer right after the break. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, one 800 331 6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information about this program and how we can help you and your family, call our toll free number anytime. That's 1-800-331-6445. Operators are always standing by, so you can literally call any time of the day or night. 1-800-331-6445. And don't forget if you're away from a radio but you have an internet connection, you are in luck. You're in business. Just go to seniorcarelive.com, click on the listen live button and it will stream this program will stream live to your electronic device, any electronic device, your phone, your tablet, your uh, your laptop, computer, whatever you have. It is really that simple, super easy too. So, all right, back to this Senior Care Live question of the week. My wife always loves these, and she's always trying to guess them. So um, anyway, and I, I've actually received a lot of good feedback on these. So here we go. Home care providers must be clinically licensed in the state of Kansas and Missouri to provide care for individuals in their home. Is this statement true or false? And the answer is... False. It is false. And if you listen to the last two programs, I think you would know the answer to that one if you were paying close attention. Uh, home care providers do not have to be licensed. And frankly, I think they should be, but they do not have to be licensed, clinically licensed by the state of Kansas or Missouri. So at this time, I expect this to change sometime probably fairly soon. But at this time, anyone can open a home care company and send any caregivers into someone's home to provide care and support clinical licensure is available and there are a few that said hey we're going to we're going through a clinical licensure and we're going to have it and while and we're going to use that as a competitive advantage uh, for our services that's great right so clinical a clinical licensure is available but it is strictly optional at this time all right So the theme of today is uh, how to pay for senior care. We talked quite a bit about long-term care insurance on the first segment. So let's have another review of the VA aid and attendance benefit. Now, I had some great folks from the national headquarters of the VFW uh, in here the day after Veterans Day, and we talked about it. I would just like to review it again. This is just super important, and unfortunately, most veterans and their families do not know about the VA aid and attendance benefit. So what is the aid and attendance pension benefit? It helps veterans pay for senior care, and it's I think it's very little known. In fact, I speak with a lot of veterans and their family just all the time, and they're a little irritated that they haven't heard of this. So I'm always telling people about it. So how do you qualify? Well, there, there are different qualifications. So you have to have a service-related requirement in qualification. You have to have at least 90 days of active duty service in one of the, uh, you know, one of the branches uh, of the military. At least one of those days, just one of those days during a period of war. So let's talk about the periods of war. And by the way, this is all on the website, seniorcarelive.com and seniorcareconsulting.com. So the periods of war, at least one day of service during these periods. World War II, December 7th. 1941 through December 31st 1946 those are the official dates set by the VA they may not exactly coincide with the war especially the ending on that one right but that that's how you qualify right korean war June 27 1950 through January the 31st 1955 and then the Vietnam War, August the fifth of nineteen sixty-four, all the way through May 7, nineteen seventy-five. Now, you did not have to be overseas or in a foreign country. You could have been stateside. It could have been more of a clerical or support type of a role. You didn't even have to fire a weapon. All right. But with Vietnam, there is there is one exception, boots on the ground. So if you did have boots on the ground, actively involved, uh, overseas, the period begins February the 28th, and we're going to go all the way back to 1961. Persian Gulf War, it's, it's open ended. It's literally still open ended. So, uh, but most of my clients, uh, served in World War One, uh, in the Korean War, or the Korean Conflict. Uh, you were seeing a few Vietnam War veterans, uh, starting to qualify for the aid and attendance benefit, but most of my clients are, uh, World War II and, uh, in Korean War. All right. So now we have some financial related requirements. So your liquid assets, money market, savings account, checkings, checking account, mutual fund, CDs, just those sort of things. Your liquid assets, $80,000 or less. That's uh, it's an approximation that that'll get you real close. If you're under 80, then uh, that's pretty solid. So you have some exempt assets and that would include your house, your vehicle, and all of the stuff in your house. Those are exempt from this $80,000 calculation. All right? Then you have an income calculation. Your income, so if you said I make, you know, $1800 a month, whatever the number is, that's not what they want. So this is some uh um creative math here. <laughs> right? So what they want is your income minus your unreimbursed medical expenses and that would include uh, you know the the cost of your 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 health insurance doctor's visits dental eye the cost of you know high dollar prescription drugs the cost of your home care the cost of your assisted living the cost of your nursing home care Uh, so what they want you to do is they want you to take your your monthly income deduct your monthly medical expenses and if that number is zero Or negative in the negative, you would qualify for the maximum reimbursement. And if you're paying, you know, if you have home care or definitely if you're in assisted living, vast majority of people are spending more than their income. They're in the negative and that would trigger the maximum amount. So there, uh, there's also a care related requirement. You must require assistance with at least Two activities of daily living, and that would include your bathing, so if you need assistance with bathing or mobility and transferring, incontinence care, uh, eating, toileting, so using the toilet, or getting dressed. If you need help and you're paying for help with at least two of those activities of daily living, that's another trigger. Okay, so how much does this benefit pay? For a single veteran, you can receive up to one thousand seven hundred and eighty eight dollars a month i mean that 's a lot of money and that can really, really help and make a huge difference. Uh, no doubt about it. I have a lot of clients who who qualify for this, and it 's made a huge difference for them in their lives and their ability to pay for the high costs of senior care. A married veteran can receive up to two thousand one hundred twenty dollars. Every single month, tax free, as a huge thank you for serving our country. The surviving spouse. I should learn to turn off my phone by now. You would think so, right? <laughs> So anyway, uh, sorry about that interruption there. But the surviving spouse can receive up to $1,149 a month. So if you're, if your husband or wife served and they've passed and you're the surviving spouse, it does extend to you. Call our friends at the VFW for assistance with the application. The national headquarters right here in town at 34th and Maine. Uh, but here we are, uh, 816-968. 1153 it's 816-968-1153 call the good folks at the vfw they will help you 100% free of charge and they're happy to do it they're experts at this we're going to have a whole lot more about how to pay for senior care right after the break you're listening to senior care live on the senior care broadcasting network for more information call now toll free 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by. 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information about this program and how we can help you and your family, call our toll-free number anytime. That's 1-800-331-6445. one 800 331 Six four four five, And don't forget, if you ever miss one of the episodes of the program, no worries at all. You can go back after the fact and listen to it on a podcast. So go to SeniorCareLive.com, click on the podcast tab, and you will see all of the previously aired episodes just right there uh, online. You click the play button, and boom, you're in. And uh, it is literally and truly that simple. All right, so we've talked about long-term care insurance. We have talked about the VA aid and attendance benefit, and now I'm going to tackle uh, kind of the big one. Everyone always has questions about this. There's a tremendous amount of misinformation or just really bad information out there. I'm I am going to address that uh, here in a little bit, and uh, uh, and frankly, with the cost that I rattled off in that first segment, twenty to twenty-four dollars an hour. You know, three or four thousand a month, nine thousand a month, six thousand a month. Even if you have a lot of money, it is highly possible that you could outlive your assets. And then what? Then, then what are you going to do? Right? Then we have to look into qualifying for Medicaid. And so what let's, I'm going to spend the rest of the program. We're going to talk about that with quite a bit of detail. So what is Medicaid? I like to refer to it as that safety net. And, it, and the government is saying, okay, if you should outlive your assets and you need care uh, in a nursing home, we've got you. We, we've got you covered. We will pay for that. But you have to be almost out of money and, uh, and, and require the care. So Medicaid is a federal program. It's, it's a, a ton of money at the federal level, but it's applied differently at, in each state. So each state has different rules and regulations. Now, Kansas and Missouri are pretty close, but there are some huge, profound differences uh, that sometimes can make a, a, a big, big, major impact uh, positively or negatively for, for the family. So uh, do not confuse Medicaid with the term Medicare. So here's, here's the easy way to do that. Medicare is your health insurance. Just think of it that way. Medicare pays for your hospitalizations and your doctor, and it'll help pay for your prescriptions and your x-rays and your blood tests and all this medical-related stuff. So Medicare is your health insurance. Medicaid pays for your stay at a nursing home, and it's it's simply an asset test. So here's how it works. You have to look at a person's assets. And you have to categorize them or, or you know put them on the left side, I have exempt assets. on the right side, I have my countable assets. So my exempt assets, your house is exempt for now. Now it may not be exempt later. There's something called estate recovery. I probably won't get into that today, right but your house is exempt for now. Your car is exempt, a prepaid funeral plan, which by the way, is a great idea to spend some of your money on that while you still have some to spend. Okay, a small amount of life insurance and then your household goods, all the stuff in your house. What would be a countable asset? And I'll explain this in a second, what countable means. But You have to count almost everything else. And we're really primarily looking at your liquid assets. So checking, savings, money market, mutual funds, CDs. Sometimes your retirement accounts, sometimes not. Uh, so, uh, oh, an, ex- an exempt asset, I forgot, a working farm. You can't just own it, but a working farm is exempt uh, for for uh, for both states. Sometimes a business property is exempt. That would be in Kansas, not in Missouri, right? So I'm not going to break this. This gets complicated, <laughs> right? I'm going to try to keep this uh, between the lines here, so it's understandable on the radio. But uh, so you have your exempt assets and your countable assets. So let's take a look at this. A single person. Let's say they have $50,000 in countable assets, liquid assets. They have to spend down their money. So if you hear the term spend down, that's what it means. I have X dollars. In this example, I'm saying 50000 It could be any number. And they're going to spend that down to $999 in Missouri or less, $2,000 in Kansas or less, and you qualify. So this is just a simple uh, asset test, and uh, and and that's that's what we have to do uh, to to qualify. It's just a simple spend down asset test. And now, myth, myth versus fact. All right. So here's the myth. And and I hear this, I hear this so many times. It's ridiculous to qualify for Medicaid. I'm going to have to give up everything I have, including my house. Okay, so and you just heard me say an exempt asset is your home is an exempt asset. So it's just that myth to qualify for Medicaid. I have to give up everything, including my house. It's it's just. Literally not true. There are several exempt assets uh, that do not have to be sold, including your house. I just talked about everything in your house: a vehicle, a prepaid funeral plan. Uh, in some cases, your individual life, uh, or excuse me, retirement accounts, uh, some business investments, working farms. All of those things are completely exempt, and so I just wanted to overemphasize that. If you're out and you're in the market. And someone in a nursing home says, oh, you're going to have to sell your house before you can step a foot in here. I can't even tell you how many times I've heard that. So so it's just simply not true. Uh, and so so now, now you know you don't have to s- sell everything that you have, including your house. There are some things that you get to keep. And that is a fact for more information about the facts stay tuned to this program or contact senior care consulting at 913-945-2800 or visit seniorcareconsulting.com all right so we talked about the spend down for a single person but what if you have a married couple so a single person spend down is pretty simple pretty straightforward so what if you have a married couple? And so I'm going to talk about John and Sally. Uh, John needs nursing home care. Sally is fully independent. And between the two of them, they have about $200,000 in, uh, in, in liquid assets, countable assets. All right. I'm just making this up for some easy math. <laughs> it could be any number. All right. So, um, and there is a maximum. I'm not going to go overboard on the details today, but this example is 200000 so you put a thousand, a hundred thousand dollars on John's side. You divide the assets equally. He gets a hundred, she gets a hundred, and he spends his hundred thousand dollars down to that nine hundred ninety-nine dollars of the two thousand dollars in Kansas, nine hundred ninety-nine in Missouri. Right, just like that, single person spent their money down. The spend down. He's going to spend his money down to those those asset triggers and qualify for Medicare, Medicaid. See, I just did it. <laughs> right, so it, that's it, don't do that. <laughs> So what do you spend your money for on the spend down? Well, obviously, you pay for your cost of care at the nursing home. You can pay off debt. Now, John and Sally are married, and they have debt. Let's say if they have credit card debt of $10,000, use John's side of the ledger to pay that off on his spend down. Don't use Sally's money. Sally's getting ready to lose half of her income, and she already lost half of her assets she still needs enough money to live and 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 operate independently right and so we're not wiping all of her money out thank goodness you know back in the day people used to get divorces to split their money up so that the, the 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 community spouse the the independent spouse the well spouse didn't have to become impoverished due to the high cost of care of the of the spouse needing the nursing home care so thank goodness we can do this on paper and not have to get a divorce doing it. That, that, that's horrible. Right. So take money from John's spend down to fix up the house, pay off some debts. If there's a small mortgage left on it, I say 20 or 30,000, use John's side of the spend down to, to do that. Uh, you can buy a prepaid funeral plan, which is a, an incredibly smart idea. It's a financially, it's a great business move. Now here's why. Sally just lost half her income and half of her assets. And she's going to try to make it on a whole lot less money than she used to have. So while John still has some money on his side of the ledger here during this division of assets, you know, take some money from John's side and buy a prepaid funeral plan. If you don't do that, here's what's going to happen. John's going to be down to $999 in Missouri, 2000 in the state of Kansas. And when he passes... Sally has to use; she'll have to use eight or ten thousand dollars from her limited assets now to pay for John's final expenses. So it just makes good financial sense to use part of the spend down and buy a prepaid funeral plan. You could also buy a new car. Now, be reasonable; don't go out and buy a you know a Mercedes or something like that. You don't need that. Right, Sally is going to go visit John every single day in the nursing home and her 1985 Buick isn't cutting it anymore. It's not very reliable. So trade that thing in or sell it, buy a, a newer car. You can it's perfectly allowable to update and upgrade your car to more reliable means of transportation using John's side of the spend down. It's just really really simple. And so Look, this gets really super, super complicated. That's why I always and forever recommend do not do this on your own because you don't know the laws. You're not expert in the laws. And frankly, this is nothing against anyone working in the nursing home, but they don't know all the laws either. It's not their job to do so. You know whose job that is? An elder law attorney, they're worth every single penny that you pay them. They know the laws, they know the changes, and they know what you can and cannot do according to the laws of the state of Kansas or Missouri contact an elder law attorney and not someone uh, who just opened their doors nothing against them but you want an experienced practitioner who has a very good reputation uh, to when you're when you're trying to qualify for medicaid and employing some of these asset protection strategies i'll have a whole lot more about medicaid and how it works right after the break don't go away you're listening to senior care live on the senior care broadcasting network Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information about this program and how we can help you and your family, call our toll free number anytime, 1-800-331-6445. Again, that number is 1-800-331-6445. All right, so we're getting in the weeds a little bit on Medicaid. I'm I'm, I'm going to try not to bore you too much with the details, but this stuff is super, super important. So that's why I'm taking the time to break this down quite a bit today. Not as much as I could, but quite a bit. So I get questions all the time. Well, Steve, we've got 50000 to spend down. Can I just give the money away or, or do some gifting? And I said, well, yeah, you can, but th- that will cause a Medicaid penalty. And so you can do whatever you want. But again, I would contact an experienced, qualified elder law attorney to work with this because there are some strategies that you can do to protect some of John's uh, spend down and actually maybe turn that into an income for his wife and, and, and qualify for Medicaid right away. And that's really, really important because his wife is going to be losing half of the assets and half of the income. So anyway, there's a 5 year look back. It used to be a 3 year look back, now it's 5 years. And what uh, what Medicaid's looking for is uh, any any gifts that you made. It could be cash, it could be property, selling an asset for below market value, retitling property, etc. So I'm going to make this easy and and these aren't the exact numbers but i'm going to round it off for approximately every $5,000 it's actually 5495 in Kansas 4889 in Missouri but let's say for every $5,000 of a gift that you would make that is one month that medicaid is not going to pay for your nursing home care so let's say you made $50,000 worth of gifts over the last 5 years $50,000 divided by 5,000 the number is 10. That means for the next 10 months Medicaid will not pay for your nursing home care. On the 11th month then it's considered cured or paid back. On the 11th month then Medicaid will start paying from that point forward. So the big question is who's going to pay for the nursing home costs for those 10 months? I mean that's a that's a big question. Uh, so you have to be very, very careful with that. And then what happens to your income? What happens to your income? Well, Steve, I mean, dad brings in $1,800 every month. Wouldn't that throw him you know, out of that $999 or $2,000 mark every single month? Well, no. Your income is looked at differently. So you have your monthly income minus your health insurance premiums. So keep up your Medicare uh, premiums. You get to keep $62 a month in the state of Kansas, $50 a month in the state of Missouri. Um, you know, don't spend it all in one place, right? You don't get to keep much. Whatever you have left over goes to the nursing home as your contribution. I, I just call it a copay, right? Medicaid pays the nursing home the difference. That's exactly how it works. Nursing homes uh, actually pay... Uh, they actually have a little bit of an investment if they normally charge $200 a day but they'll accept from medicaid uh, here's a number it's a real number $182.47 for this one particular place they have to write off the difference every single day and accept uh, the 18247 is their maximum so so they even have uh, a little bit of an investment and so that is exactly how, uh, how Medicaid works. Now there are some examples of some differences. I'm just going to provide, uh, I think a single, single example here of the dramatic differences between the laws of Kansas and Missouri. So one of my clients, very nice lady lives in Raytown. She just retired. She had a 401k of about, worth about $250,000 and her husband needed a nursing home. He needed a nursing home level of care. But in Missouri, her IRA is a countable asset and it would have to be divided in half and half of it would have to be spent down. That means that she would lose half of her 401k, 125,000. However, if we place her husband in the state of Kansas in a nursing home in Kansas, even if they're from Missouri and she owns property in Missouri, the Kansas rules for the, for the division of assets, the Kansas rules apply. And in Kansas, the spouse's IRA and 401k are fully exempt by the spend down. So when I worked with this very nice lady, she said, look, Steve, I'm no spring chicken, but I will gladly drive a little bit of distance to the state of Kansas to save $125,000. I mean, it's, it's just, uh, it's an amazing opportunity sometimes. So here's another example. One of my clients receiving bad information. Uh, I had a client in a very similar situation to what I just discussed. They owned a house in Missouri and lived there for years. We chose a Kansas nursing home so that the community spouse could protect some of her assets including her her uh, 401k and ira and all of that retirement income that she had worked very hard her whole life to accumulate now my client called me she was very confused and she said she was told by a person at the nursing home that this is uh this is not allowed and she would have to move her husband back to the state of missouri because they still own property uh, in, in missouri so you can't live in kansas and get kansas medicaid and so I'm not going to go off too much <laughs> on that, only to say this person literally does not know what she was talking about. And so I talked to her about it. She didn't believe me. I referred her to an elder law attorney. She didn't believe the elder law attorney. Uh, their attorneys didn't believe it. I mean, it was just a great big mess, but they just don't know the rules. Okay? So it's just it's just super, super simple. And And so hopefully that helps you out. Ladies and gentlemen, your attention please. This is a consumer alert. Consumer alert. All right. I've been harping on this. I want to harp on it just a little bit more. Do not wait until you are completely out of money before moving to a nursing home if you're having to apply for Medicaid. If you can help it. I know sometimes this just cannot be helped. OK, if you're going if, to if you're saying, well, we're going to stay at home. And then when we have absolutely zero dollars left, then we're going to move to nursing home and apply for Medicaid. Well, that's not a good idea if you can help it. OK, if you do this, what happens is your pay or status, the way you're going to pay for the nursing home care. Technically, it's called Medicaid pending. This means that the nursing home is gambling that and betting on your application being approved and then they'll get reimbursed some point down the road. That's a giant roll of the dice for them because, frankly, a lot of these applications come back and they're declined. So what happens if your application is declined? You find out 60, 90, 180 days later, it's declined. Well, the nursing home has been counting on getting reimbursed. They've carried the cost of providing the care for months, and we're talking huge, huge money. So if you're declined, right, they have no recourse. There's no way for them to get reimbursed and you could possibly and will probably be discharged for lack of payment. So I would recommend if at all possible to move a little bit proactively, preferably if you can pay for two to three months privately before qualifying for Medicaid. That's a safe bet. Move. It, if you can move and pay at least one month private pay uh, that would be a, a minimum if you can help it right so so the bottom line is if you can avoid it move to a nursing home while you still have some money to pay privately even if it's for a very short period of time proceed with caution this has been a consumer alert brought to you by senior care live All right, and as always, if you have questions about how to pay for senior care, you can call at any time, and I hope that really was really, really helpful for you. To everyone listening, I'm so honored you spent part of your day tuning into this program. Thank you very much. I'm your host, Steve Keeker, and I wish you grace and peace. May God bless you and your family on this day and always. I'll see you next week right here on Senior Care Live.